137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Welcome back, everybody, to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 63. And uh, this will be the stuff you were supposed to have gotten last time before we let it get away from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We got a lot of really good feedback about that episode. A lot of people really just enjoyed us uh, bullshitting. So thank you for all the kind words. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Going back and um, editing it after I cut out, you know, the first attempt at recording the full episode, I really liked going back in here. I forgot half the stuff we talked about because it was just riffing. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a a wonderful time. Riffing on the guitar. Oh, boy. Well, we'll just jump into it. We'll skip the pleasantries. But um, I think because of the nature of the episode, we ought to kind of give a bit of a disclaimer um, because there could be – we should give trigger warnings. So just briefly, um, in today's social climate, because it's so important for us to give warnings whenever we talk about things that might be deemed um, sensitive or offensive to certain people, um, it's important that we mention on this episode, um, we are going to talk a little bit about the Vatican and mental health, Catholicism, and some other stuff like that. And we want everybody to always make sure that you know we... We never discriminate. We are always very welcome to every belief system, religion, um, lack thereof, and everything else. Um, everybody's welcome here. But I think um, I added this part on because we already read this warning last time. I, we do have a caveat. We are very welcoming to all sorts of people. But I think we should say that if you choose to discriminate against anybody because of the color of their skin or where they've come from, or who they choose to worship, who they choose not to worship, who they love, who they want to marry, I think we should just go ahead and say, we ain't got no room for you in the back of this haunted car ride. Peace. So, <laughs> Peace. If, if, just like Joe Rogan said, you're not part of the team. Yep, there you go. If, if you get down on any of that bigotry bullshit, I think you can keep listening, but you may want to find a different podcast because uh, – that's not our bag. We want everybody to feel welcome, and uh, we, we want to welcome everybody because Pixelated Paranormal, we are – I was going to say tolerant, but we're not tolerating anything. We're just accepting everything. We yeah. are, we're accepting of anybody. If you Except are Corey. gay <laughs> – Corey's the one exception. No, that makes it sound fuck like Corey's Corey. racist and he's not. <laughs> but fuck him anyway. Um, If you are gay, straight, bi, poly, trans, pans, undecided, unknown, or not yet announced, and I'm sorry if I left anybody else out of all that, um, you are always welcome here. Um, Whoever you worship, whoever you choose not to worship, uh, worship, worship your god, your gods, your flying spaghetti monster, any of those people, you guys, all of you always have an empty seat in the back of this car that we travel down the paranormal highway in. And we just want everybody to know that no matter what, you know, you're welcome here. If you're burning crosses, then you can just piss off. But, uh, (laughs) you know, otherwise, guys, you guys are all – you're all welcome here. We love everybody. You guys are all awesome. Um, On this episode, we're just three dudes who are slightly educated having a conversation about weird shit that we come across. So um, it's important that because we are talking about mental health, we should mention that um, everybody goes through rough patches. Uh, everybody has been through the mud, 
you know, trudge through the mental mud once in a while. We have all been in hard times. Um, if you ever find yourself in a spot and you, you just can't shake it, never hesitate to call a friend or family or reach out to, you know, a local hospital, a 1-800 number or anything. Um, there's always help. There's always a way out. Um, and the strongest thing you can do is ask for help. It is not a weakness. And um, I think, too, with uh, some stuff that's happened recently kind of close to home, um, I think it's important to share the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline phone number, and that is 1-800-273-8255 because you guys are all worth it, and, you know, your life is worth fighting for. So please, if you find yourself in a dark place, reach out to somebody and, you know, just just ask for help, look for help because you're definitely worth it. Indeed. yeah, and I mean, on the note of you know accepting everybody and everybody being welcome and everybody being equal, um, I think to finish off the disclaimer, we'll sign off with the immortal words of Bill and Ted: "Be excellent to each other." Where like I'm gonna like uh, have the air guitar. <laughs> <laughs> right. You should edit it in. That'd be awesome. Billy, 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 weir. I probably could. Give me the MP3. Wild Stallions. <laughs> right. Hell yeah. Love everybody. Be cool to each other. And now on with the show. Thank you. Yeah. So um, we'll skip most of the other stuff. Steve, you want to jump into your bit of news and then we'll just start the Dude, ball rolling from there. I got news and I got a story. Oh, so, girl. Everybody out there knows that I'm kind of not only my only other person in the back of the car is kind of listening. Um, I've never once <laughs> in my life expect experienced anything supernatural or whatever you would call it, weird, paranormal, whatever. Paranormal, yeah. The only thing closest was probably the near-death experience thing um, with the car wreck and stuff. But um, this past week, I went and house it for a friend in Winfield, Kansas. Winfield, Kansas is a pretty old, old town. It's not too small, but it's not too big. In my opinion, it's the perfect size, and it's really chill. Um, everything that Everything in that town is old, and they have like a whole like district of like – old timey stores and houses. It's really cool. Uh, my mm-hmm. friend, my friend lives down there and he bought the house back in, I think the late eighties. I'm pretty sure maybe early nineties. Um, but the house is, is, I guess he says it's over a hundred years old. I don't really know much about it. You go in his house. It's all, it's all old timeys. And, and I like it as it was cool to like spend a week there because yeah. like, it's just something you're not, you're not used to. In my opinion, I'm, I'm not used to it. Uh, so I was there and my girlfriend, uh, spent a couple of the days down there with me too. And he has, a he has, uh, a, a full bed and I'm tall and large. Um, <laughs> uh, so we would both try to try to share the bed, but that just didn't work mostly because of me. Cause I can't have my feet hang off, blah, blah, blah. So we had to go buy an air mattress, got the air mattress, put in a movie i was out like <laughs> instantly i was so tired um then i guess she, she's told me that uh well then anyway i woke up you know and then i was like i saw her on the couch the, and his couch is even old timey so i'm like oh my god that's gotta be uncomfortable i was like what i was like what are you doing and she's like i she's like i couldn't sleep in there and i was like why and she's like she's like Yo, you're not gonna believe me and i was like what and then she told me she said that she went in he has three dogs the one pomeranian um would go he she usually sleeps in the in the bed with him so he told us he's like if you guys could keep that routine it makes her feel more comfortable she won't be paranoid right um so she's laying in the bed with with pippa the pomeranian and she like 
closes her eyes, getting ready to fall asleep, and then she hears the dog growling and shit. And she looks up, kind of like washes her eyes, you know, with her hands, whatever, and like clears her eyes, whatever, and looks up. And there she swears there's a lady standing there in all white with long white hair and just Ooh. just looking at her, not like anything bad. And she like quickly jumps up and turns on the, the pull switch light and then the the thing is gone. She said it freaked her Weird. out. She went and slept on the slept on the couch. Um, so she tells me a story. I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy. We go on throughout our day. Uh, that night, she's like, I was like, I'll take the bed. You know, you you sleep on the air mattress. And I was, and I'm not even, I'm not even <laughs> shitting you guys. Like, no, this sounds cheesy. You know, you guys are gonna be like, don't do that. I was like, please let me see something. Be the, be, be, be this the day. Like, it was ridiculous. She Come was, at me. You went, you went yeah. full baggins. Come, yeah. Come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah. I know. It sounds so douchey, but I told, I, cause he was laughing and I was like, I was like, fuck that. I want to see something. And, right. and, uh, so the next. You'd even called me up to, up, up yeah. to this point. You had called me and you're like, tonight I'm going to sleep on the couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to see something. So, uh, nothing ever showed itself to me. Uh, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect any, anything to, then the last day that I'm there, I wake up last morning and I wake up and I'm like, mm. I call, I have to call Greg. I'm like, Hey dude, I don't want you to worry. He's like, <gasps> like he thought something happened to his dogs. He's real attached to his dogs. I was like, no, no, no. I was yeah, like, you, you never start the conversation with a man that has, a I was dog. like, I was like, that was, I told him, I was like, damn dude, that was totally bad of me. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, Unfortunately, one of your other pets did pass away, and I was like, it was it was a fish in the fish tank, and he asked which one. I described oh, no. it to him. He said that was normal because the fish was only life expectancy of like a year and a half, or a, a year oh, and a okay. year and a half, whatever. So he was like, oh, you know, that's that sucks. Just you know, give it the whole barrel down the toilet. There's a prayer I used to say when I'd flush fish, and it was, <laughs> ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Don't look now. I'm bouts to flush. Oh my god! <laughs> is that for really for a fish, or is that for your shit? Like how? Yeah, back when I used to work in the pet department. Um, oh, okay, when yeah, I was in college, yeah. You, yeah you I used to, have to flush this. dead fish all the time, yeah. and so I used to say that pr- only when somebody was in the bathroom, like taking a piss, I would clear my throat and I'd say it like an old timey voice, and then I'd always get a pretty good laugh or a chuckle out of whoever's in the bathroom. But. Oh my god, that's fucking funny. <laughs> So I do that. I call him and I'm, I'm like, yo, I was like, unfortunately, a fish passed away. He's like, okay. And I said, and there's one other thing. He's like, what? And I was like, I told him the whole story. And then right before I described to him what the ghost apparition, whatever you wouldn't say, he said the lady in white. I was like, what oh. the fuck? What? <laughs> yeah, I got goosebumps. I was like, what the fuck? And then I go, I, I go, dude, I didn't know you believed in any of that stuff. He's like. He's like, well, he's like, I believe in that stuff, but I'm kind of like you. Like, I've never experienced anything, anything like that, other than a near death experience. But he's like, but I've had, I've been married twice, and one of my wives has swore she's seen that lady and described exactly how you described it. Wow. And he's like, and up to this day, I didn't know if she was being serious or not because she was in fact using methamphetamine all the time, and that's why I divorced Ooh. her. So he didn't know if it was the drugs. Or really, like really, really exciting, <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, I assure you that my girlfriend's not on a methamphetamine, so it's real." <laughs> and it was crazy wow. though. Is he says he says he's like that's so weird. He's like because in his house, like he is, he's not like hardcore Catholic, but he was raised Catholic, and he's from mm-hmm. he's from Queens, 
and all that east all, all that east coast like they're hardcore catholics and like that's the way he was raised so in his house he's got you know famous catholic um i gotta watch how i say this um Stuff a Catholic would have, you know, like crucifixes and mother, mother, memor, mother, memory. Yeah, memor, uh, memorabilia is that an ignorant yeah. fair word to use? <laughs> I, I don't know. I was gonna. I don't know how to say it. I was gonna. I was gonna <laughs> souvenirs, <laughs> memorabilia. I was like, I don't know. I artifacts, items. I don't know. Decor. Yeah, decor. That'd be a good one. That's a good, okay. Perfect. But uh, but he's got a lot of that. And then he he even told me he's like, well, didn't you see all the all the crucifixes? And I said, yeah. And he's like, and I actually thought it would be kind of funny. If when I left, like I turned the one in your room upside down, just to be like, ha ha, look, something's in here now. <laughs> oh man, he would he would have shit a brick, man. <laughs> and then and then uh, he was like, oh, he he was like, please, I knew that would have, I knew that would be something you'd do. <laughs> right. But I didn't. Another reason I didn't want to do is because his girlfriend uh, was covering the weekend shift when I work, and I didn't want her to come there and see that and oh, be like, sh- what the hell. <laughs> I don't know. It was just really, it was really crazy and weird. Just like a little. That's cool, man. Well, hey, so you you got some uh, some vindication there. Then I mean, you got some confirmation that it's a real deal. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's it's just as Preston saying he saw something, or you talking about your sleep paralysis shit, or the yeah. hello Sean shit. You know, like yeah, it's oh, the yeah, same. Yeah. It's the same thing. Somebody telling me just because you know I'm dating Aaron, like it doesn't. I don't know. Like it's to me, it's. I still want to see it myself. Like, <laughs> it's well, not saying what I'm you're saying not, is it's still secondhand. Daddy bought some new equipment today, so if your friend wants us to come out, uh, we can charge up the uh, the ghost busting backpack and uh, go to oh, town. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So, what is, is that? The little the little FBI recorder you found? Are you posted? Yeah, I bought a, I bought a new recorder <laughs> today because my my old Sony one like shit out, and I'm like, well, I mean, that's like the most. So one of our friends, it's you know, sent us that that photo of a hair in front of a camera lens, and mm-hmm. like I I don't like sometimes I'll use like cameras, but I don't think orbs are like real like proof of the paranormal, and so like EVPs and um, yeah, you know, trying to document like temperature changes and things like that, um, and uh, even though like EMF meters like go off all the time. Like maybe you can uh, – there was like some research done showing that if you live in an old house and you have exposed wiring, that uh-huh. uh, the EMF waves can cause your brain to have like an allergic reaction and induce hallucinations. So in fact, sometimes that you think your house is haunted, it's really not. It's just because your fucking wiring is exposed and you need to go get that shit covered up. Yeah. So tools like that, I mean there are certain tools that I think are more – proactive and explaining the paranormal or proving the paranormal. And uh, so the recorder for me is like one of the big ones and I got a new one. So let's go test it the fuck out. Oh yeah. Let's do it, man. Cool. Um, <clears throat> all right. We got another, um, to keep things ambiguous, I will say a friend, not ambiguous to keep things anonymous. I'll say it's just a friend and a, and a listener of the show. Uh, reached out to me and she has as well, uh, experienced some weird stuff in her house. Uh, and it kind of sounds like maybe a child size um, entity or apparition has been um, kind of plaguing her house. And it's it's pretty interesting because I talked to you guys a little bit about it. Actually, um, Steve, I think, yeah, I told you about her. She was texting me whenever uh, we were driving back from the Mac yeah, concert. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it to you too, Presto. But, yeah, she mentioned that um, it's uh, – I believe it's her and her husband and then two children, one – 
Um, I'm a, I, I forget, darn it, all of a sudden I forget. I want to say like a toddler and then probably like a eight or nine-year-old maybe. And I want to say she said that it was a toddler who she'd put to bed and then she kept thinking she saw the toddler running through the hallway. And so I, I believe her husband said the same thing. Like he had put the kid to bed and a little bit later he heard him or saw him running down the hallway and he saw him kind of like disappearing into their room and he went in the room and nobody's there. And then he checked on the kid, and the kid was sound asleep. So um, she's interested in us coming out there and uh, doing some some amateur investigations. I say amateur, Preston, not to discredit you, but I am very much an amateur. Right on. <laughs> and it's funny because that will uh, that will tie in a little bit to something we are going to talk about here in a little bit, uh, a little bit later. So yeah, fun stuff up the pipeline there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Steve, I'm glad that you at least got closer. Oh, indeed. Man, you were so excited when you called me. You're like, dude, listen. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty It was cool, too. I mean, Aaron was in – Aaron is on – I think I was on speaker, and I know Aaron is there, and we were talking. Yeah. And she was pretty – I mean, very Freak. convincing that it really happened. Yeah, I didn't have she's, any doubt. she's still freaked out by it. It's hilarious. Oh, I Time bet. I talk about well, it, she shit, gets goosebumps and shit. <laughs> shit fucks you up. When it's the first weird thing you've seen, it's always like one that just – it burns it into your brain. Yeah. So deeply, man. Wow. Check this out. A little, a little thing. I don't want me to sway us too much from the, from no, the thing. No, you're fine. We'll, you, um, people will still get the content of this episode, I swear. <laughs> so list of list of serial killers and their signs. So like astronomical signs. Like, you know, what what are That's you related. Guys? That's okay. related. Awesome. What are your guys' signs? Pisces. Okay, Sean. Uh, I'm an Aquarius. I enjoy craft uh-huh. beer, long walks on the beach, and men who aren't afraid to cry. All right, you ready ready for this shit? Go for so it. So, Preston, you said you're Pisces, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours list of serial killer is John Wayne Gacy, Leslie Bailey, <laughs> Charles Colin, Donald Henry Gaskins, Ronald Stephen Kraft, Timothy – no, no, that's wrong. Um, Richard Ramirez, and that's it. Damn, dude. For Dr. Satan. Henry Gaskins is a fucked up story. Look that up sometime. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of these names up. I do not, I do not, I, I do not uh, recognize. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're what, you were what, Aquarius? An Aquarius. Well, out of this list, Sean, you have no serial killers that have your sign. What? Yep. Are you kidding me? Yep. And I am a Libra <laughs> and I have. No serial killers of the sign. <laughs> it's because you're a mason, a Preston. Yeah, Sean's the fuck. Or Preston's the fucked one, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, that, you that's hear because fun. Uh, Pisces are over emotional, depressed, and uh, you, you know. So we we got a lot going for us. Man, well, Virgo Virgo takes the cake though. It's got Uh-oh. so many of them. Go for it. Hit, hit us hit us with the high notes. Um, Ed Gein, Ooh. Richard Bangwald, Terry Blair, Dean Carter. Albert DeSalvo, Andrew Cunanan, weird name, Henry Lee Lucas, Paul Bernard, Burnett, Bernardo, yeah, Bernardo, uh-huh. uh, Gerald Steno, and Mary Beth Tinning. Ooh, Mary Beth Tinning, huh? I don't know Not a lot very of many names. lady serial killers, yeah, man. Not at all. What? Okay, so who is, uh, what, what is the sign for Albert Fish? Is he on there? He is not on here. Okay. Well, he's a fucking fucked up one, too. Yeah. Here's a fun fact for you. Um, John Wayne Gacy, when he was locked up before he was put to death, he actually was famous for making paintings while he was in prison. 
and he mm-hmm. would actually like do do drawings of like this fucking weird shit like clowns and stuff obviously and then people could buy his paintings and hang him up as trophies like yes and here in my dining hall I have a portrait of blah wow. blah blah by John Wayne Gacy very very famous shit lots of money spent on those paintings I wonder wait this list is shit because there's no Scorpios on here and you know Scorpios are crazy as fuck Okay. So, <laughs> Steven is calling it like it is. Manson, we are not on. We there? are accepting of everybody except for Scorpios uh, yeah. and bigots on this. No. <laughs> no, dude. Like, there's always that that ongoing joke that Scorpios are the you know the freaks, yeah. the weirdos. The KKK um, and the Scorpios get fucking lost. Don't listen to this show. <laughs> right. You can piss up a rope. Um, yeah, well, there's not the Manson's thing. not even on here. What the? F- okay, this. I thought this Manson is, was an Aquarius, but um, hold on. That may, I might just be saying that because of that TV yeah, show. He's, with, no, he's uh, a Scorpio. See, David Duchovny. <laughs> yep, he's a Scorpio. People are talking about it. Yeah. Jeez. But then again, they might not have out. listed him on here because he technically wasn't a murderer. He didn't kill anybody. That's Sean. true. He was more or less a leader. Uh, well, back back to Gacy real quick. They just announced recently that that was all bullshit, and what he would do is have a bunch of other inmates. Um, do the paintings, kind of like sign my it. numbers. <laughs> like you, you paint the fucking backdrop, and you paint the clown face, and you do the red nose. And then whenever he'd get the money, because he made the money off the paintings, uh, he would then split it up amongst the uh, people who contributed to his artwork. Wow. But they were all sold, and he stuck to the story that they were all originally done by him. And see, I know that you don't like uh, House of Thousand Corpses, but. Mm-hmm. The business that Captain Spaulding runs where it's like a chicken joint slash gas station, but then he has like that museum of serial killers. Dude, like, yeah, I think that would be the coolest thing ever to go just like some roadside attraction and you yeah. ride this little push cart through and you just yeah. learn about like that's co- that's so rad. I thought that was so yeah. tight in that movie. And you get I the need to give that complimentary one. fried chicken when you're mm-hmm. done. <laughs> I need to you give it another shot because it's uh, Sean, it's on Voodoo right now free so you can watch oh, it on cool. Voodoo for free. Wait, can you shutter? Can you add it? Oh no, you're talking about the free movies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I and my here's my problem with that movie. I I watched it when I was really very much looking for a creature feature that mm-hmm. night, and it it wasn't really that. So I should probably give it a second chance because thirty one was pretty good. I actually enjoyed thirty one quite a bit. So I I watched House of the uh, Thousand Corp- Corpses like when it first came out. Yeah, and I was like, eh, you know, it's all right. It's like a Rob Zombie movie. And uh, so when I found it on Voodoo, uh, it was the first one. last last night. <laughs> So it had been, it'd been uh, I, don't, I don't know, shit, like 17 years since I've watched it. And uh, I'm like, oh, my God, like, I don't remember this movie being this funny and like, like all the mm-hmm. little nuances. I'm like, I'm, this is actually a great movie. How, 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 how old are you, Preston? I mean, 30, if you don't mind. 34. Okay, 34. And I'm 32. You had to think about Sean's it. 33. Uh, 30, <laughs> 30, uh, okay. 30, uh, All right. So check this out. I know a lot about this movie. Um, the the fact that this movie even got released is is beyond everything because when he went in to make it, like if you watch the movie, most movies are made like split up over time. So you'll you might shoot like the ending of the very first of production, blah blah, and piece it all in. He started with the basically the first set of that movie before they get to the Firefly House and a little bit in the Firefly House. And then after that, once they actually got to the pun no pun intended meat of that movie where it shows the really graphic shit, every single person wanted that movie to not be made because they were like, it's devil. It's too gruesome. We need an NC-17 rating, blah, blah, blah. We need a blacklist to hear. And then they, he lost a shitload of funding for that movie. That's why towards the end of that movie, it does die. It does die. Uh, 
in my opinion, my personal opinion, I don't, uh-huh. I think that it doesn't start off or end as good as it started. There and you then, go. Yeah. 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 Cause the yeah. way it crescendos and they end up in the fucking trenches and that fucking thing yeah. is chasing them. Yep. I'm just like, where the fuck did you? at that point? I'm like, I didn't want a creature feature. Yeah. And tried to exactly. Down exactly. Yeah. Man, minor spoiler alert, but like Preston, Preston, I almost fucking gave you shit because you're like, oh, you know, fucking 17 years ago. And I'm like, you dipshit. And I'm like, no, that's probably about yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. 15, then, 17 years ago. And damn, then the guy so. from uh, the guy from uh, Office is on there. I'm like, holy shit, that's the guy from The Office. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, it's got that fucking weird guy in it. <laughs> yeah, weird I mean, guy. I hadn't watched The Office, but yeah. I watched it for the first time. Yeah. So, Rain yeah, Wilson. Awesome. Yeah. It was like, and uh, I don't know. I just, I really, really enjoy that movie. And I, I really enjoy. Um, Devil's Rejects as well, and I'm so glad they're coming up with another one. Um, yeah, I love Devil's Rejects, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like Devil's Rejects, you could tell like was a fully funded and fully supported movie from from everybody around the entire thing. Yeah, which is a prequel or a sequel? It is. It is a uh, sequel. Sequel. Okay. Yeah, it's right. It's right at. I mean, it's pretty much they're on the them three are on the run. They know okay, that they're cool. being chased. I, I like and, that one. Yeah. Tire family gets slaughtered and shit, but and in, in yeah. retrospect, if you look back at a House of a Thousand Court, it's almost like Evil Dead. It's like kind of got that campy B movie status yeah. now. And for me, I mean, I love those you know B movies from back in the day, so that just makes it that much more enjoyable. Yeah. For me now, so yeah, it's yeah. it's it's very it's very uh, I don't know. And it came out just a weird time. Like I was in high school when it came out. And I remember like going to watch it in theaters, and I was just yeah. like. Like fuck that whole your sister, s- fuck your yeah. mama, fuck your grandmother, and most importantly, yeah. fuck you, <laughs> fuck <laughs> your grandma. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and all of that, but like because Rob Zombie is such a huge fan of the older horror genre and creature features, etc. Like he used a lot of people that have been in movies over the years, and I at the yeah. time when I was younger, I was like, I remember that guy, I remember that guy. But now with like the power of the internet, you're like, holy shit, I remember him when I watched that VHS back in the day. I watched her on there, you know, and like yeah. I just thought that was so fucking cool that he did that. That is pretty cool, man. And they say he's uh, he's very keen on doing the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, which would be great, man. So, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up this fucking cart and personally walk it back to the tracks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but we didn't we didn't know you're you're fine. All right, <laughs> so. <laughs> So uh, Egypt has been going through some crazy stuff this past year or two. Right, they've been finding like some crazy things. Uh, a lot, a lot of digs that they've done mm-hmm. uh, excavations in the city of Alexandria, northern coast of Egypt. Uh, this huge-looking coffin in its size. It's seventy-two point eight inches tall, one hundred four point three inches long, sixty-five inches wide. It's the biggest ever found in Exel- it's Alexandria. Nine feet long. Yeah, it's huge. Wow. Yeah. And like, they haven't opened it yet. They, I, I don't know the reason why, but I mean, they've watched the mummy, right? They know how right, it is, right? Right. Oh, and then in the same, um, the same dig site, they found a large alabaster head that is huge, and their experts are assuming it represents whoever is buried in the sarcophagus. Yeah, yeah, most. Likely. Oh, that's yet to be determined. So what maybe if they fucking open that thing up, and it's a fucking alien. Like, wouldn't that be crazy? Like, oh my god, that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, so because you look at this head and it's it's freaking it's freaking huge. Mm-hmm. Now, could this have been a giant that you know, not giant like you know, fantasy, but like mm-hmm. a person that was abnormally tall, and mm-hmm. then they saw it as a a miracle, like a you know, like a, a leader, a god, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's just so it's just so crazy. Um, you can look at these these pictures and it's just it. I just I could not I could not imagine digging and digging and then like just that like I mean when I go to garage sales like I feel like I'm hunting <laughs> I'm hunting for treasure. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like could you imagine be digging in these tombs and then like oh, another day didn't find shit and then that one clink. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. see something black down there that's all secure or secured. <gasps> like, oh my god, I couldn't even believe it, dude. It fucking blow my mind. Okay, so yeah. s- speaking of giant skeletons, and you know, you about your thing about you know maybe like a like holy god, this is like a godlike person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- they uh, were uh, recently doing some genetic s- studies on uh, people with autism, and they found that. Uh, 95% of the people who are autistic uh, test positive for higher amounts of Denisovian DNA. So if we talk about like uh, offshoots of humanity, you have like Neanderthals, you have Denisovians, and then you have uh, Cro-Magnons. And uh, if you look back in the Stone Age, uh, the Denisovians were actually an autistic group of people who were like seven to nine feet tall, so they were larger than the uh, Neanderthals, they were larger than the Cro-Magnons, and they actually propelled society out of the hunter-gatherer stage into like the Bronze Age and all that. So, you know, there's something to that, you know, those larger people being worshipped as gods and whatnot. Huh. I think I've talked about this before on the show, like, I work with people with uh, intellectual and developmental disabilities, and sometimes when I am around um, individuals with autism, you know, the the blank stares, the overstimulation, with your brain moving that fast and like just constant flickering, like, dude, I couldn't even imagine. Maybe, you know, we'll never know if they're seeing shit, you know, because every, every person with autism is completely different from the other one. There's never, right. like, every one of them is individual. It's, it's crazy. The spectrum is so broad, so huge. Yeah. And, like, it, it, I've always, I've always thought that. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, because they say, like, when a baby's young or, you know, a toddler or whatever, their brain's still forming and it's so much more powerful during that moment because you're sucking everything in so constantly. You know, are yeah. are they seeing spirits, ghosts, whatever? What? Well, I mean, so not to make a really cool, not to make a really smart statement about a TV show, but like if you look at TV shows like The Good Doctor, mm-hmm. for instance, and Sean Murphy, the character on there, um, he is autistic and he is a mm-hmm. savant, right? Is yeah. it fair to say? And he's he specialized. He's he's memorized like all these medical textbooks and. He can analyze a patient, you know, if they, as they're laying there going into shock and tell you exactly. His brain's a computer. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah. To bridge that into an actual intellectual statement, there is a very big push right now, uh, just recently announced. They're trying to get rid of the idea of autism being a disability and actually an even playing field for, quote, normal people with normal brain functions. And some scientists and doctors are actually pushing past that. And saying we're about to – if we, we have a little bit more research to do, we're about to prove that may, they may be superior to regular people. And it's just the case of each of them focuses on one thing. Like if you watch Rain Man, you know, he, he he's autistic. But – and, you know, some people are good. They're great at music. Some people can memorize stuff. Some people are just very quick. I mean Rubik's Cubes, blindfolded, one in each hand, that mm-hmm. kind of shit. Who's to say they're not the next step or a skipped step yeah. in evolution? 
or it, let's not say let's not offend people who are religious with evolution. Let's just say development, human development, yeah. right? Same thing. What if they're just a step above us or just a step ahead of us? What if in reality we were all the ones who were disabled and they were actually the quote normal yeah. people? It is weird. Yeah, because I mean, I've, I've talked to quite a yeah. few people. I said it is weird to think that, and I've 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 talked to people about that too. People that are family members or moms or dads and stuff like that. Yeah, because I mean, we've got we've got a friend. We won't say his name, um, and his he has a brother, and his brother has Asperger's, and like I, he's very near and dear to my heart. I think the kid's a great dude, and just talking to him, some like you talk to him, normal dude. Certain subjects he'll just fucking blow me away. <laughs> the knowledge, with his yeah. knowledge of these things. Yeah, we'll be playing a board game, and all of a sudden I mention one thing. He's like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. But he says it not to be cocky. He just says it like we're having a normal conversation. Yep. It's just he's so intellectual in certain things. I, I Sometimes I feel like they are superior. Yeah, or like I had an individual that uh, was obsessed with two things, Legos and Star Wars, and he literally uh-huh. knew every single Lego set. Lego minifigure, block, brick, whatever you want to call it. The year right. it was made, the molding, it's crazy. And then Star Wars, like every mm-hmm. single thing about every single TV show they've ever had, every movie, every book. Oh, yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, it's like a fucking computer. Like, it's crazy, man. Yep. The the guy, Audie, the dishwasher at the Haunted Pizza Hut I worked at, <laughs> he was the same way. The dude loved JFK, the moon landing. He basically, he loved everything that has a conspiracy built yeah. on it without getting into the conspiracies. He was just fascinated with, like, controversy and Star Wars, too. He had the entire, like, Yoda lightsaber battle with uh, Palpatine memorized and could do it step by step in the fucking in the kitchen <laughs> in legit. Pizza Hut with a broom. <laughs> Oh man, and he could, and he's quoting all of the stuff, not breaking a sweat. It was incredible. He's, it's just, it's That's really awesome. neat. Now, granted, they suffer from some, you know, downsides. The socially inept sometimes, or socially mm-hmm. awkward, or completely shut off. But I mean, it's, it's very, very interesting. And I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that maybe they were a little more advanced than we were. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> oh, deep things, you know. The things. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, uh, did you have more to that uh, that news? Story? No, that's it. It's just I thought, I thought it was pretty rad. That's it. The big ass. Uh, that's a big ass damn coffin, man. I'm interested to see what it is, but fuck it. Maybe it'll be a real life mummy curse. Well, is everybody good? Anybody need to break before yeah, we jump no. in? No, All right, no. cool. So. We didn't get off track too far because the first main story I'm going to talk about is kind of based off a news story I came across, and it was called Serial Murderer Serves Human at Barbecue. And I'm like, that sounds great because my other news story is going to be about cannibalism. But no, this shit just got fucking nuts. So first, the first main topic we're going to talk about here is a love story that turns out to be the murder of a one Mr. Chris Reagan. And our set piece takes place primarily in Michigan 2014. So these lovebirds, Terry O'Donnell and Chris Reagan, these two meet back in the 80s. Um, Terry's just doing her thing, bebopping around, you know, getting a job, getting getting her career started. And then Chris Reagan is an Air Force guy. He's in the Air Force. He's serving his country. Everything's great. The music's great. People are, you know, taking a couple bumps of coke. I was going to say, say, when's the cocaine coming in? Fucking (laughs) 80s synth pop is just flowing. David Bowie is just fucking doing his thing. 
And they date for a while, and they both realize they're going in separate paths, and they decide to cut things off, go their separate ways, because it's just not going to work out. You fast forward from the 80s to 2012, and Chris and Terry find each other again. And they reignite their old flame, they start talking, and in February 2013, they started dating again. And things were hot and heavy, they were falling for each other, everything's wonderful. But then they decide to call things quit again in April of 2014. And even though they split up, they remain pretty close friends and talk quite often. And Terry explains, We were spending a lot of time together. I would tell him that we needed to take things slow and just be friends and see if things could work out again or not. He would send me texts saying he loved me. I just kept telling him we got to take our time. In September, he sent me a, he sent me the song "Marry Me" by Train. He was such a romantic. Marry me. So he was he was very wonderful. She says he loved life. He loved hunting. I'm sorry, he loved hiking, the outdoors. Um, energetic. He was always there, trying to improve himself. He went back to school to get a beeline on his job, just so he could be a better manager. Um, he liked to stay at home. He liked to cook. Just all around solid dude who was just you know the best boyfriend you could ever ask for. Following September, on October 14th, Reagan's getting ready to go on his trip. Chris, we'll call him, was getting ready to go on a trip and start a new job in Asheville, North Carolina. She said that he was excited for his new adventure, and they had made plans to visit each other during Thanksgiving or Christmas. So they were still pretty close. Even though they were broke up, they were still, as the kids in high school say, talking. And she said he never broke a promise. He never broke a plan. Everything was always as he said it would be a man of his word. And she said it was really strange because months went by and she didn't hear about him. And she started to get nervous because it was not typical of him not to respond. So last she knows, he's fixing to head to North Carolina. Well, the thing that he didn't tell Terry was, after they broke up, he actually had been dating a couple other ladies in the meantime because, you know, that's just what people do. But um, even though they had remained close, she found out he had started talking to a lady named Kelly Cochran while they had been separated. So Kelly Cochran turns out to be this 35-year-old woman, and she and her 37-year-old husband Jason had been married back in 2002, had a couple rough patches in their marriage, and moved to Michigan right around that same time. During this time, either before the couple had moved to Michigan or potentially after, they had begun having some problems with their marriage, and Kelly had started cheating on her husband. One night after Chris had spoken to Terry, he gets a call from his mistress-slash-girlfriend Kelly to come over for a booty call, a little, little tumble in the sheets, right? And so he's like, hell yeah, you can bet on that. And so he shows up, ready to have a little game of Slippery Pickle, but the door opens up, and this Kelly woman's husband meets him and puts a rifle in his face. Wow. Yeah. So the Cochran's basically had a little wedding night vow. If either of them would cheat on the other, they would murder the mistress or the dude that they were cheating on the other person with. So basically what happens is Jason Cochran finds out that his wife Kelly is having an affair so she calls up old boy and says, hey, why don't you come over and we'll knock boots for a little while. So he, you know, you know what? Me and Terry aren't going anywhere, so I might as well have one last hurrah before I skip town. Shows up. They shoot him and the two psycho nut lovers, cut his body apart, what? wrap the pieces up in plastic, throw them into the back of the truck, 
and then drive out to the woods and scatter his body throughout the woods. Jesus, that's like zero yes. to a hundred real quick. I mean, murders murders a <laughs> hundred, yeah. but they went to like a hundred and sixty. Holy shit! <laughs> you remember me trying to tell this story last yeah. time we recorded, and I was fucking tripping all over it. Yeah, I'm giving you spark notes because she was the last person to have been seen near or with Reagan alive. Police search Kelly and Jason's house in March 2015, but they find nothing. And even though it's going to be super suspicious, she and her husband Jason moved to Indiana. But see, things didn't quite end well for Jason either. Because one evening, one evening, one evening, evening, Jason passed away from a suspicious heroin. Wow. Yeah. So Jason dies in February 2016, about a year after they moved to Indiana. Evidence was revealed that it wasn't just actually caused by a heroin overdose because our problem here is Jason was a loose end for Kelly because the fuzz is coming down and they're really quite sure that she killed this Chris guy. And Jason knew about it. So she gives him supposedly the fatal overdose of heroin hmm. and then he dies. So to wrap up that loose end, the Michigan authorities charge Cochran with Reagan's death and she flees again. Wow. So she's on the lam. She's out and about doing her thing. And the U S marshals eventually catch her in Rob's part of the woods in good old fashioned Kentucky. Lucky Tucky. Lucky Tucky. So Kelly is arrested and taken into custody in Kentucky. Court documents reveal that Kelly spent her time in jail turning her glasses into shanks and threatening to commit suicide as well as (laughs) cause bodily harm to anybody who came near her. So the poor unfortunate woman is suffering some mental illness, we'll call it. For sure. Cochran, 35 years old, then tells police that Jason didn't just die of a heroin overdose. She instead gave him the fatal dose and then covered his mouth and his nose and he died less than a minute later. So this lady, bringing it back around, is one of the very few female serial killers, it turns out. So we fast forward to May 2017. Kelly Cochran was sentenced to life in prison without parole after the Iron County, Michigan jury convicted her of killing Reagan from three years before. Then, in April 2018, she was sentenced to 65 more years for killing her husband, Jason. So she's going to go away for a long, long time. I think, death penalty. Cochran directed Michigan authorities to a site where parts of a rifle were found that were used to shoot Reagan, as well as a twenty-two caliber bullet shell, and human remains were also discovered in the area, including a skull and the apparent bullet hole in the back of the head. A pair of eyeglasses believed to be Reagan's were found as well. But here's why I wanted to talk about her a little bit. This links up to my next story because... (laughs) so fucking crazy Cochran's own brother Colton told investigators at one point he feared his sister was a serial killer and neighbors to Kelly had reported they believed they were served human remains possibly that of Chris Reagan at a neighborhood barbecue what the fuck one of her friends came forward and said at the barbecue she eated she eated (laughs) She ate a hamburger that she describes as tasting very strange Mm. without realizing at the time it could have been human because that was... Sweeney Todd shit. Yeah, right around the time that Reagan would have disappeared. 
or shortly after. And if anybody watched that show, uh, Evil Genius, throw a body in the freezer is all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, how else are you going to get rid of all that sweet, sweet boyfriend meat? <laughs> Some sanitary <laughs> diet shit. Yeah, shit, right. So to follow that up, Cochran's plea was that with the state of Indiana, they could never charge her for an additional murder. If she chooses, Cochran can provide locations of other victims without any penalty or further life sentences. She claims to have had friends buried in Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Minnesota. However, the identities and specific locations of these bodies remain a mystery to this day and have not yet been reported. What the hell? Yeah, fucking creepy as shit. And then so Terry, Terry goes to the sentencing at the courthouse, and she sees Kelly for the first time. And she says she remembers staring at her, and she just started grinning. Kelly starts grinning at Terry, and she says, I took a deep breath and thought she was the scariest person I had ever seen. I was afraid. I couldn't look at her for the rest of the time I was there testifying. It was like she was laughing and saying, look what I did. You can't stop me. It was like the devil was looking right at you. And she said it scared her so bad that she doesn't remember driving from the courthouse all the way to uh, Wisconsin or Michigan. She has no idea when she crossed the border. Um, She just knows that she finally came to and she was pretty much home. That's how fucking terrified she was. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it's fucking wicked, man. Like the sweet, sweet boyfriend meat. <laughs> sweet, sweet boyfriend meat. So there you go, guys. Look at that. We're bringing it back around. Steven, you dropped the uh, serial killer little tidbit there. Little did you know it was going to fit right in. I only figure out if she's like That's Pisces or Sagittarius or Scorpio. <laughs> right. Oh, right. man. So I, I found that story, and it fit great with this next news story. 38-year-old Reddit user. Named Incredibly Shiny Shart. You just had to throw that in there. Had to, bro. It's his name. I don't have a real name. Incredibly Shiny Shart was riding his motorcycle going 45 miles an hour when he was hit and flung from his bike. The bones of his foot were shattered and doctors told him he would never be able to walk again. So he agreed, fuck it. Let's have it amputated. So he just wanted to know one weird thing. Could he keep the foot since it was his once the surgery was done? Really? They said he could. And they, yeah. Oh, yeah. You Technically, I always wondered this. Technically, it is your yeah. body. Yeah. Kind of them severed. Then put in the toe. Someone donated their toe to be put in that fucking drink. Ugh. <laughs> right. Nasty right? shit. <laughs> well, that is fucking child's play compared to this, my friend. Yeah. They said he could. And so after the operation, he took it home and he stuck it in the freezer. <laughs> Are you seeing a theme here? Sweet, sweet boyfriend meat. Yeah. It, he said, it just seemed like an object, not a piece of a person. There's no emotional connection. In fact, it was the weirdest part. It wasn't that weird at all. But why, him, but why would you keep it? Like, I don't, I don't in your freezer. Like, I know you got to keep it cold. So you get yeah, a zombie stench. I just mean but. like. I've watched enough horror movies, and I've I've researched well enough into serial killers to know ain't nobody supposed to have a human body part in their freezer, let alone their fridge. Yeah, like, I don't understand that. It's fucking nuts. I'm going to go on a limb and say not even in your beer fridge in the garage. So, side, <laughs> side thing real, real quick. What about, like, all those moms? Because over in England... There is a tradition that, like, after a birth, uh, the the family will keep the mm-hmm. placenta 
and then make like a placenta mm-hmm. haggis meatloaf dish thing that everybody in the family has to eat to celebrate the the birth mm-hmm. of a new baby. Like that's well, I mean, that falls into the pool of your belief systems, you know? Is that religion? Is that cultural? What is that? It's, you know, your body. So, I mean, I guess you can do it like this guy. It's his body. So. It's your, yeah, it, it's your body. <laughs> you can, I think you can technically do whatever you want. Well, incredibly oh, shiny. Oh, my God. Sh- I made, I shouldn't have clicked on that link. <laughs> oh, oh, my no. God. No, 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 no. The fucking, <laughs> what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Well, we'll get on it. Um he then invited 11 of his most amenable friends to share a once-in-a-lifetime culinary adventure with him at a special Sunday brunch. Ten of his 11 friends said, fuck it, let's do it. His guests oh. arrived. His guests what, arrived. What, 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 what about the one guy? You guys are fucking <laughs> fucked. I'm never talking to you again. Uh, I'm out guys, of here. Guys? <laughs> uh, am I the only one? Right? He, he, anybody? Anybody? Nope, just me? All right, well. I did was definitely the Corey of the group. <laughs> I'm Later, not doing this. <laughs> he was the Corey and the Sean of that group. I would have said, fuck off. <laughs> I probably would have been like, fuck it. Let's do it, Preston. You only live once. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Preston and the rest right. of the odd fellows probably have a fucking box of bones you guys could munch on. <laughs> His guests arrive for a feast of pastries, cakes, mimosas, and tacos. But here's the catch, friends. The tacos were made with the meat from his very own foot. A chef friend prepared a chunk of the meat from the top of the shin. He marinated it overnight, sautéed it with peppers and onions and lime, and placed it alongside corn tortillas and tomatillo sauce. Fuck, sounds kind of good. They said if you ever wondered what human <laughs> flesh tastes like, apparently it's the combination I of... I was on the fence till you said tomatillo sauce. The minute you threw that in there, fuck it... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that part won you over, huh? Preston enjoys the... Uh, I like the green sauce, you know? What would you... <laughs> yeah, south of the border. <laughs> if, you ever oh. wonder, <laughs> if you ever wonder what human flesh tastes like, apparently it's the combination of pork and veal. Strangely, to answer your question, guys here maybe, it is perfectly legal to eat human meat in all U.S. states, with the exception of Idaho. <laughs> They're the only ones that give a fuck. The, what the fuck happened in Idaho, right? <laughs> I got okay. Okay, well, hold on. I'll see. I'll, I'll add my notes when you're done. Okay. Um, of course, the normal process of obtaining the meat, murder, corpse desecration, and the selling and buying of human flesh in the black market tend to be frowned upon. It's like it's like on the Charlie the Chocolate Factory. That's called cannibalism, and it's frowned upon in most societies. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. And then it says here there's a link to a Latvian performance artist who live streamed two volunteers cooking and eating each other's own flesh. (sighs) I'm going to put a pin in that, Preston. Let's check that out. Um, He says it happens to be very pronounced, a beefy flavor to it. The muscle I cut was tough and chewy. Despite the icky origins, all but one of his friends were able to keep the meal down. And in one Reddit comment, he says to somebody else, yeah, one of them eventually spit me into a napkin after chewing for a while. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, Incredibly Shiny Shart says the experience helped him get over a tricky part of his life, and things have been looking up ever since. Wow. So he used this as a as a tool, Dude, a coping skill to get over it. It's wow, all about crazy. balance, my friend. Light and dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Holy shit. God. When life gives you lemons, you squeeze those lemons on your foot tacos, and you pull up your big boy pants, and you get the fuck on with it, apparently. Um, it was a way for Crazy. me to close the lid on part of my life. Things worked out so damn well. Afterwards, my life has gotten much, much better. <sighs> so would you dudes do it? Would you eat ethically prepared human meat? Yeah, you know, I got the right seasoning. and you know. I mean, I, I probably... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, and it's hard to say. Like, I, I'd rather be, I'd rather be tricked into it, honestly. Mm-hmm. If, if, then go I, to Kelly Cochran's uh, barbecue. Yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I don't want to eat like an old fucker though, because like, okay, so this, uh, we, uh, no, <laughs> he wants the young and the young caveat here. God. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, hold on. Yeah, yeah. I've actually thought about this. So when when I was a ki- when I was a kid, we 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 raised chickens, and we had these these hens that were old as shit. And we couldn't get anybody to buy them from us and get them off our hands because my dad was like, oh, I'm tired of dealing with these these chickens and all this. And so my grandmother, being an old uh, German lady, she was like, well, f- fuck, let's cook them. And so she's out there like having me like pluck their heads off and all this crap. You didn't eat grandma, did you? No. But the chickens okay. were so old that, <laughs> that that meat was like tough as shit. So uh-huh. like if you're going to eat somebody like 20, 25, 30 probably, but don't give me some old 70-year-old fucker because that's going to be like chewy and that's no good. That's like Bigfoot jerky. <laughs> All right. Check this out. So anybody out there that's listening wants to see the pictures, beware. They are very, very, very graphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, just type in Foot Tacos Reddit. It'll pop up on Google. Yeah. Um, one that stood out to me the most – other than the gory, crazy shit that can happen to a, and this isn't just a foot. This is a little bit of the shin too, which is crazy. It looks like they amputated him just below the kneecap, probably to yeah. fit a uh, prosthetic. Yeah. Um. So it shows the dethawing, like them dethawing the thing, mm-hmm. and then it shows it. <laughs> it shows it dethawing. I think you just caught thawing. Fucking, okay. Yeah. <laughs> dethawing would be yeah, freezing. Well, I think. Would it? I mean, if you're gonna freeze always, something, you freeze it. If you're gonna thaw, yeah, it, I always see de, it. I always see dethaw, it's defrost, on, like uh, you're de- defrost. Oh, okay. Well, and, fuck yeah. Anyways, <laughs> okay. Wait, so, let's make it. Hang on, someone take note. Preston actually got something <laughs> correct. <Yeah>. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, this this thawing foot <laughs> slash part de- of his say leg. defrosting if you'd like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is chilling on a cardboard box with like just random flower arrangements. I saw like, that. Yeah, it's, it's fine to that. I'm just like they took so much. They took so much time into this. It's crazy. It's and they're reading it with fucking coriander and yeah. dandelion. <laughs> there's all these pictures of them, you know, uh, sautéing and cur- um, cutting it up and serving. It looked it stuff. good. If you told me that was fucking like pork, I'd have been like fucking Carne sign yeah, me like, up. Yeah, yeah, man. It's crazy. Fuck. So another crazy thing is is the number one um, comment on that Reddit ranks comments. Uh-huh. This user name is Taco Feet. It was registered four years before this story. What? And his name is Incredible Shiny Shark. And then the Taco Feet dude says, "So do you want to trade users' names or dot dot dot?" <laughs> <laughs> How fucking awesome is that? I'm like that is so tight. I thought it was cool, and they're gonna charge me ten bucks to change it. So for four years, I've kept it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says Reddit needs a second button after you click to show NSFW that says Nah, man, this isn't titties. It's some actual ass puckering <laughs> shit you still want to see. <laughs> 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 oh, 
That's so That's good. That's awesome. We'll uh, we'll start linking yeah. these links now that we're using uh, Google Docs in our actual show notes, yeah. so people can check this stuff out. Now, remi- yeah. remember, if you couldn't tell because of the language of this show, the content is not always approved for children, and we probably won't label or this work. stuff NSFW <laughs> or NC17 or whatever. I don't yeah. personally believe in censorship to a point. Agreed. Uh, so yeah, if you if you see your kid googling foot tacos, wouldn't me. Yeah. Quote Shaggy. <laughs> I mean, if you could, if you could, if you could, let's put taboos aside. If you could provide a location and tell me that it was, you know, a safe, ethically found foot, prepared foot, I, I'd probably try it, man. I mean, shit, we talked about the sucking on the the the, the toe alcohol crap in Canada or whatever it was, so right? I mean, yeah, I think I'd give it right? a shot. So, listeners, think about that. Put your morals aside for a minute and just think if, if if you were told it was not illegal, they were not murdered, would you try it if it was a legitimate way to try it and no one got hurt in the making of those tacos? But then you had to think about the Hollywood movie Ravenous and you know how yeah. everybody who was a cannibal in that movie turned into a Wendigo. Would you want to risk that, Sean? I don't know. Spoiler alert. haven't seen it yet. Well, that movie's like ten fucking years old, so there's no well, and and spoiler disclaimer: you you were also told you would not become a Wendigo. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if okay, here's the conditions: come try human foot tacos. No, nobody got killed. Yes, it's legal. No, you will not turn into a Wendigo. Yeah, I'd give it a shot. Those are all on the chef's prepared card below the tacos on the table. Somebody, what the fuck's a Wendigo? <laughs> <laughs> right. He's probably like a third cousin to a Sasquatch. <sighs> Actually, I know what it is, but you guys don't. If you don't know what a Wendigo is or a Wendigo, look it up after you check out foot tacos. So, all right, guys, mm-hmm. getting on with it. Hundreds of people met with a priest for a group exorcism in a rural church outside of Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And I apologize, I did not pronounce that right. Yep, that's right, guys. A mass exorcism happened in Ethiopia with Ethiopian Christians who paid up to one month's wage to be punched by a priest, doused in holy water, and it was all captured in fascinating photos. Some odd one hundred punched by a priest be exercised. I didn't think you should have to pay for it at least. Oh man! Um, and one hundred and fifty, <laughs> some odd one hundred and fifty people had been lining up at a church outside the Ethiopian capital Addis Ababa in order to meet a local celebrity healer whom they believe would be able to free them of their quote demons. And you can see photos of people of all ages crying hysterically, probably because they got punched by a priest, as they were touched on the forehead with crosses, being held down by Mm. relatives as they tried to avoid being, quote, exercised. Other striking shots show a woman seemingly screaming with all her might as she's brought up to the priest, grown men shedding tears, and dozens of people being hosed down by holy water. They just blessed a fire truck, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, they were taken – the photos were taken by a Czech photographer named David Tazinski and who had to get special um, privileges and special um, permission to actually go in there and do that kind of stuff. But he says people were screaming, crying, and Murmur was punching them. That's the priest. Mir 
Memihir Memir, I learned, had been rejected by all other churches because he earned more money than the churches themselves. He kept asking for more money. I saw one very old woman give him the equivalency of $100 to expel her of her demons, and he still wanted more money even though $100 was most likely all she earned in a month. Yeah. These exorcism rituals are usually performed with someone not responding to modern medicine or if they're misbehaving. Their families think they are possessed by a demon or spirit or but uh, the power of the evil eye, they must be performed by local priests. Ethiopia has a significant Christian population for centuries. An Ethiopian church, the Ethiopian church, is the largest pre-colonial Christian church in Africa. The belief in demons and devil found across the religious spectrum is strong, in particularly rural areas. And according to a survey done in 2010, Nearly three quarters of Christians in Ethiopia claim to have been experienced, claim to have experienced or witnessed an exorcism. Isn't that fucking crazy. That's, cr- that's crazy. And this is okay. So this is to be noted, and we'll probably talk more about it here in a minute. A lot of times, exorcisms and possessions are actually misdiagnosed mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I think that because someone's quote misbehaving, <laughs> they're just tossed over to the priest to be exercised. Yeah, that that's a problem. We have a uh, we have a, a local exorcist here in the Wichita area, and he got a call from somebody who said that they were possibly possessed, but you know his uh, schedule was booked, and mm-hmm. uh, he put it off. And then like a week later, she ch- chopped some dude's head off in a garage with a samurai sword. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, you're kind of riding that uh, that 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 thin red line there of belief of was she actually possessed or was she just crazy and you know a serial killer chopped yeah. his head off? Um, that's some crazy shit. Well, Presto, go ahead and jump into your story, man, because yours is the perfect follow up to that. Yeah, so there is a uh, psychologist that has uh, spent 25 years um, reviewing exorcists and exorcisms. And uh, he says that after 25 years of experience and reviews that he actually believes uh, demons are real. Um, Dr. Richard Gallagher of New York says that he's looked over 100 true cases in the past 25 years. Um, A devout Catholic himself, he says that demons have been around for a millennia and are much smarter than us uh, measly humans. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can speak all language fluently. Um, demon possessions, he says, can include extraordinary strength, even block senses as spirits stop people from hearing and seeing the spiritual. He says that skeptics have not witnessed possession firsthand. Uh, he says the voices and languages that come out of people, he says, uh, they might not actually be human. They're demons. They're real and so evil. Uh, these fallen angels, uh, I literally believe they are extremely bright. They are much brighter than humans. I've heard them speak Chinese, speak ancient Greek, which I've studied, and uh, all the way to Latin, which these people beforehand did not know the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, that's that's really about it. Yeah, just. Well, he said something about like a case of this um, Hispanic housewife, as he describes her. She and her husband both swore that she would be lying in bed and all of a sudden 
she would have the feeling of being assaulted by evil spirits and bruises appearing on her body. Um, I need to make sure that uh, she didn't have clotting difficulty or something like that. I need to assess her psychiatrically. Uh, she appeared very delightful, blah, blah, blah. And I came to believe her story. And I can't say I knew a lot about the time about cases, which a lot of people, including myself, tend to call oppression. So, so crazy, man. Yeah, he adds that uh, a lot of people, uh, it, it depends on their internal intention. Um, he said uh, they have to be really committed to the occult as opposed to kind of just playing around with an Ouija board. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, in the movie The the Exorcist, that little girl, she plays with, like, an Ouija board once. She becomes possessed. He's saying that that's not the case. You know, you have to really want this. You have to be involved in those dark arts for mm-hmm. this crap to happen. If you're just, like, at a party and you play around with a Ouija board, you're probably not going to summon the, you know, 10th spirit of hell. I'm calling you. bullshit uh, on that. <laughs> those that those uh, fuck still creeps those me out. Goddamn talking boards. Those kids that live below us in that apartment, man. None of that weird shit happened in my apartment until after they started using that Ouija board. Dude, Ouija you board. know you, you want to get a Ouija board and foot tacos, man. It's a good Saturday night. <laughs> That's it, boys. Next weekend, Ouija boards and foot tacos. <laughs> Ouija board weekend here at Pixelated <laughs> Paranormal. Well, just to bring it back even more, so guys. um did you ever hear the rumor, supposedly, that BTK, our local uh, – we're not giving this guy any fucking notoriety. Fuck that guy. Um, local serial killer BTK supposedly was um, claiming he was possessed. I have heard that. Mm-hmm. So he claims that uh, whenever he would lash out and do his dastardly deeds, it wasn't always in his command that something else would take over. And he called it Factor X, which uh, – forced him to do these things. And if you talk to his pastor, his pastor even says um, the same thing. I believe after seeing him in court, someone else was speaking from Dennis that day. I personally think we're dealing with some kind of possession. From all the people I've seen and the people I've talked to who have dealt with demonic possession, I feel there was something working here. When I go back to the beginning, when Dennis made his first statement to the public... There's a monster inside me that I cannot control, he said. And it's weird. Supposedly you can watch the tapes and you can watch the court documents and all that kind of – or the the court hearings. And he does say some weird shit. He talks about how like different people that he went after. He talks about his neighbor and how like, oh, she was a lady who liked to garden and I liked to garden too. And just really tries to put himself in the same shoes as all his victims and really kind of like say, you know, I was a person, I liked the things they like. And really just try to like, you know, decriminalize himself. But uh, it's just, it's fucking weird, man. It's really fucking weird. And he was a member of his church for like a, he was like on an 11-member council of church. He had all these positions yeah. he had to be elected Youth by. Youth minister. Yeah, Boy Scout leader. Yeah. All the time he was at his church, um, and he had to be confirmed in order to be um, the active member of the church that he was. So it wasn't a case of like he walked in there and wooed them with his personality. Like he had to have been fucking like, – he had to earn that shit and get voted in, which is kind of scary if you do believe in possession and your religion you know, uh, has to do with that kind of stuff. Was he duping them the entire time? Because, uh, I mean, if, if your your possessions, if being possessed by fallen angels and demons, man, that's kind of like putting the wolf in the hen house, so to speak. If you're a if you're a demon and you're getting your way into a church, man. Well, there was a, yeah. there was a lady that... Deep uh, undercover. 
there was a lady that did, um, oh, I can't remember her name, but she did studies like maybe like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so she found that she would have these patients who s- claimed they suffer from like multiple personalities or whatever it is. And so how she decided to treat, you know, 60 to 100 of her patients was that she, you know, even though she didn't believe in possession personally, mm-hmm. she knew that those patients probably believed in possession. And so, she, you know, one case, she had this one patient that was possessed by a hundred different spirits, not demons, but spirits. And each one of these spirits would say that it's like you're sitting in a dark room and there's like a chair with like a light over it. And whoever sat in the chair with the light had control of the body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that person who had no formal training in art all of a sudden decided that, you know, that that spirit that took over that was an artist they would start painting these beautiful pictures and, you know, he was like a sleazy Frenchman. So that person would start smoking cigarettes and speak with an (laughs) French accent. And then the next day be like, hi, my name's that Timmy. I'm a 10 year old boy. And she was like, so I literally had to do an exorcism like a hundred times before I got all the personalities out. And then that one person was left. Um, So, you know, not only does that might lead toward the conclusion that you know not only can we be possessed by angels and demons but uh just free roaming spirits you know if uh your brain chemistry is right and that uh you know the lights on but nobody's home so to speak maybe anybody can step in and ride that car huh or you're just suffering from mental illness kind of like the guy on split that uh pretty awesome yeah his movie was pretty fucking fantastic but yeah same way you know he had a he had a lady take over um he had a man take over he had a little boy take over that that fucking line is so narrow to toe between you know the potential for mental illness or possession and even um raiders his uh his reverend or whatever you want to call him, Reverend Clark still believes that Dennis Rader is a Christian, but his shocking double life caused him to reexamine his theology of evil during the last few months, during the time that Rader basically was, was exposed to be BTK. Um, and it says here, he consulted with a retired Lutheran pastor who experienced demonic encounters in the mission field. Um, the readings and conversations altered Reverend Clark's views about Satan, causing a dramatic shift in his theology of evil. He says, "You might say it's changed 180 degrees. I've got complete. I've got a completely different perspective on evil than I had six months ago." While Raider may need specialized treatment to address his condition, Reverend Clark is not sure he's the one to provide the treatment. I've learned more about the value and purpose of exorcism. I'm not sure I would get involved with that because it takes a specialized training and skills. It's not something you play around with. It's very dangerous. We are so used to dealing with psychological and scientific models, we don't recognize the possibility of a spiritual explanation. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. He takes issue with those who would be so quick to apply a label to Dennis Rader as psychopath or sociopath. Because, he says, we give people medications to deal with psychological conditions, but we don't get to the core of the issue, the existence of the demonic. Dun, dun, dun. Ah, yeah. Oh, man. Dear, dear. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that until recently that he claims to have been possessed. Or, And this is where it gets muddy. Does he claim to be possessed? Well, I don't think he really said it. He just said that uh, the other was in control. So, in other words, did he say? Probably so. 
But um, there have been other serial killers who have been claimed to be possessed as well. Do you guys know of any off the top of your heads? Son of Sam. What'd you say? Son of Sam. Uh huh. I. Steve, son of Sam, look up David Berkowitz. Was he? I don't. I don't know any of them. Okay. <laughs> no, I was going to say, was he a Virgo? Well, or? no, I know who Son of Sam the, is, but uh, I didn't know. A really, uh, a really famous one, and I can't remember his name, but it was the the uh, Amityville Horror House. Mm-hmm. The uh, boy that lived with the family before that, uh, whatever the family's name was, that took over that house. I had mm-hmm. all the weird shit going on. That that kid claimed to hear voices, and he woke up one night, took a a, uh, a rifle and basically murdered the whole family due to right. the voices that right, he right. heard. Um, Steve, was David Berkowitz, was he a Virgo? Cancer Capricorn. Um, let me see. Son of Sam, birth date. I'm the fact checker here. I know, our fucking resident intern. Sorry, my stomach, my stomach's hurting, so I'm, try, I'm trying Steve, to fucking... Steve, plug your laptop into the cigarette together. lighter back there and look uh, this shit up. <laughs> June 1st, 1953. Uh, so he's June 1st. What is that? Cancer, I don't know my astrological cancer. shit. So, Well, he was a cancer to New York that summer. <laughs> to society, am I right? Um, Google search <laughs> away, boys. Gemini. Gemini, boys. If he's a Gemini, that means uh, when the moon is full, his uh, Uranus <laughs> is <in> retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his anus was in retrograde. That's not fair to say while well, he was in prison. I'll finish the joke. Um, so, <laughs> so some serial killers have said they seek out a perfect victim, i.e. white female prostitute or the three together in one. Other murderers, however, have been motivated by forces not of this earthly plane. Some serial killers believe they are someone else or being pushed or provoked by somebody else like BTK. But he's not the only one to be devil or God-mandated. Herbert Mullen, famous serial killer who murdered 13 people in the early 1970s, believed that American casualties in Vietnam were somehow preventing a catastrophic earthquake in California. As the war wound down, U.S. casualties decreased. Mullen claimed that a supreme voice told him to raise the number of human sacrifices in order to delay earthquakes that would plunge California into an ocean. Following his eventual capture, Mullen confessed to his crimes and claimed that the reason had not the reason there had not been a catastrophic earthquake yet in California was due to his murderous handiwork. That's pretty convenient and super shitty. Well, guys, you can't prove that I'm wrong. There was no earthquake. Mm-hmm. Fucking asshole. So after interviewing him in prison, the FBI profiler Robert Resler asserted that Mullen was a paranoid schizophrenic and his mental illness may have been accelerated due to the use of hallucinogenic drugs like LSD when he was younger. So again, towing that line, was he crazy or was he possessed? And then Gemini David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, is frequently cited as being a classic example of a possessed killer or demon-mandated killer. Berkowitz, also known as the 44 caliber killer, shot 13 people during his reign of terror in New York City during 1976 and 1977. In handwritten letters he sent to the police and press prior to his arrest, Berkowitz claimed that Satan himself had ordered him to kill. Through the voice of a dog. There has been... <laughs> right. 
There has been a persistent claim by certain law enforcement officials and journalists over the years that Berkowitz killed on behest of Harvey, a black Labrador retriever owned by his neighbor, Sam Carr, believing that the dog was a demon sending him murderous messages with its constant, insistent, nocturnal barking. Berkowitz alleged recanted story of the demonic ah, fuck it Berkowitz allegedly took back his story of demonic possession during a prison interview with the FBI in 1979 and he reports that he invented the story of son of Sam so that if he ever would be caught he could just claim insanity in the courtroom the FBI claims that Berkowitz told them the real reason he killed us because he felt re- <laughs> he felt resentment from his mother and other women who had rejected him because the sad story is the guy could not get a date to save his life. However, Berkowitz told an author that the FBI's version of their 1979 mm. encounter was inaccurate. Berkowitz maintains that at the time of his murder, he did indeed believe he was being ordered to kill by Satan. And then after 10 years of guilt, shame, and anguish following his capture and conviction and incarceration, Berkowitz it then became a self-described spiritual awakened person in prison and become a born-again Christian. He expresses deep remorse in his crimes and professes a devotion to helping others serve God from prison. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, fucking crazy, man. Call bullshit on this guy. He was really yeah. like a pretty sloppy killer, too. Apparently, like I couldn't aim his gun for shit and had a knack for like trying to shoot people in the backseat of cars, blew off a lady's toe before he actually finally killed her. But, um... Don't take our word for it, folks. We're not sitting here telling you that possession is real, screaming it from the rooftops. Because the demand for exorcisms is on a rise in both the UK and the US, according to data from a new report and warnings from church leaders. That's right, friends. The churches are publicly announcing there is an official rise in the demand for exorcisms. A report on mental health issues facing the church published by Theos, a UK-based Christian think tank, revealed that exorcism is now a booming industry in the UK and warned of the inherent harm in confusing mental health with demonic activity. Thank fuck. At least somebody's saying, hey, maybe just think about it for about 30 seconds before you beat them with crosses. Mm Mm-hmm. The rise in demand, according to the report, is directly related to an influx of immigrants with Pentecostal and charismatic backgrounds. What? The rise in demand, according to the report, is directly related to an influx of immigrants with Pentecostal and charismatic backgrounds. Christian denominations which deal very openly with exorcism and deliverance. Interviewees in the mental health field said that in the report... The vast majority of cases of people requesting exorcisms were actually suffering from mental health issues that required psychiatric care. Psychiatric care. Neither the church nor the report, however, denied the reality of demonic possession, and there is a need for exorcism in certain cases. Huh. So what is it? does that sound to you guys like the church is actually saying, like, hey, wait, before you tell them they need to be exercised, maybe have them see a psychiatrist? Maybe to protect themselves. Yeah. I mean, hey, yeah, you're right. That's being smart in yeah. a way, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, the church says Jesus' command was to heal the sick and cast out the demons. The two are not synonymous. Just as for physical ailments, we recommend seeing a medical doctor for assistance. So must it be for mental illness. This is not a discount. This is not to discount the possibility of demonic attacks, but it is to apply caution in order to ensure we are looking for the best needs of those who are suffering. 
The problem, folks. Exercise the deep. Fucking, when I signed on to record tonight, I was like, how long into the recording before he says that? One minute. One minute. <laughs> <laughs> one minute, folks. One hour, 20 minutes of recording time uh, is how long it took you to say that. <laughs> they said the problem is not that the devil has upped his game, but instead more people are willing to play the game. People like you, Preston, and you're fucking jumping into pentagrams. And people like you, Stephen, using garage found Ouija yeah. boards. <laughs> right. Um, so the Catholic Church is then responding to these perceived increases in demonic activity, activity, to training more exorcists and developing ministries focused on deliverance and combating satanic influences. Ooh. Yeah, guys, the acceptance of sin is increased, and so too must the demonic activity, because those run hand in hand. So the bishops saw the need, and we're beginning to train more exorcisms. What do you call those, exorcists? Yeah, that's right. Sorry, brain fart. The bishops saw the need for more training for exorcists because so many cases were being referred from all over the country, and the diocese did not have enough people trained. The only way one can overcome Satan is Jesus. He overcomes a kingdom of evil with light, and every priest represents Jesus. The devil does not see the priest. He just sees Jesus. Yeah. Mm, Rather than focusing on a limited amount of explicit mental illness or demonic possession, more attention ought to be paid to the ability to begin building an authentic Christian language of mental health from the perspective of sufferers. Hmm. Huh. Uh-huh. Little church, little science. Can the two live in harmony? I think so. Intertwine. So. Yeah. So yeah, um, finishing finishing up my little bit here, guys. Um, yeah, the Vatican is launching a actual uh, mandated teaching of exorcism in order for you to become an actual priest. So kind of interesting, but basically the course was set up amid the increasing popularity of tarot card readers, fortune tellers, Ouija board users, and other people who open the door to devil and the possession. Well, that was not good English, whoever wrote that. People who open the door to the devil and to possession. So, Stephen, did you yourself invite the devil into your body when you said, come at me, ho? (laughs) I don't know about the devil, but definitely... (laughs) Want to see something. something? I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be like maybe something possessed. But I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to see some shit. Y'all want to see a dead body? What are you waiting for, kid? What do you want to see? I don't know. Something amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I mean, speaking of the Vatican, with all of that, if they're finally making possession a known problem and finally publicly saying, "Damn it, we do need exorcists," what else might they be hiding? Oh, a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> hey, real quick, real quick. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to roll out, guys. My fucking, my chest is doing that tightening thing again. Oh, no. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, if you're getting sick, that is totally yeah. fine. It like my chest, it gets like really tight and I can feel my, it feels like my heart's racing. It's oh, weird. No. Yeah. Fuck, and then, it's the devil. And then, yeah. No shit. <laughs> Cool. All right. Yeah. So let's let's do a sign off. So Steve, no you're gonna jump bro. off, man. So um, we will catch Word you next time around. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Um. So th- this is gonna start. Um. Or this is really kind of gonna finish. Uh. Or you know, 
possession is nine tenths of the law <laughs> episode, but then really lead into our next episode, which is really you know all the shit that the Vatican's hiding. But uh, so nobody knows exactly when it showed up in the Vatican Library mm-hmm. because that uh, the Vatican Library is very hush hush. But uh, they were catalog- uh, cataloging it several years ago, and they were taking scans of things. And somebody came across the Grand Grimoire, Ooh. and uh, the Vatican has the original copy of this. And some say that it um, was rewritten and uh, you know bound in the late 1700s. Some people say that uh, the copy is so old that it goes all the way back to the time of uh, King Solomon himself. But uh, this Grand Grimoire is a spell book for summoning and controlling one particular demon. But to do it, Sean, <laughs> um, you have to sacrifice your soul to bring this bastard into the world. So there's a little bit of nec- necromancy <laughs> going on. And uh, how, how would we pronounce that? Lucifuge? Lucifuge? R- uh, Lucifuge. Lucifuge Rufocal. Um, he Lucifuse Rafakale. He is the uh, prime minister, like the Donald Trump of hell. <laughs> and, <laughs> you just had to pull and, that name out. Yeah, he's a president. The Donald Trump's a president, not a prime and, minister. And uh, L- Lucifer, uh, Lucifer gave uh, old uh, Donnie Rafakale there <laughs> uh, worldly riches and treasures, and put him beneath Baal, Argus, and uh, Marbus, along with all the thousands of other demons. Um, and this actually got me, uh, this got me, uh, started on this whole path of looking up because this ties into a movie, um, that we all recently saw. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm thinking real quick, because we have that little, uh, spoiler town segment after the outro, should we, should we put that little bit after the outro for those who have not seen hereditary yet? Yeah, we should. We'll talk about that on the spoiler town. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I started looking up all these, you know, fucking different demons, right? That uh-huh. you could possibly summon, and you know, because each one, like you know, Rofo Cow's, like you know, the the third, you know, demon or whatever it is. There's like the fifty fifth demon. Guess what its name is? Garfunkel. Amy. Oh shit! Is it President Amy? Who the fuck names a demon Amy? Like, we're talking like Mephisto, Diablo, Bale, you know, uh, what's the... It's just, uh, it's just a lady who stumbled into the wrong fucking yeah. group. She went to the wrong room in the library and like, who are Whoa. you? Oh, no, come on in. Have a seat. Who are I'm Amy. <laughs> well, that's the 55th demon right there. Okay, guys. Amy, meet Mistopheles. Yeah. He's going to be your partner. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh fuck, man! So, but, uh, so the Grimoire basically is a uh, it's a how to how to train your dragon of demons. Though. Yeah, it, it is, nice. and uh, it's very graphic. And uh, you know, the Vatican really put a lot of stock into it because they you know they hid it for many years in their private archives. But uh, that that got uh, one priest. Uh, you know, so we're talking about how there's now a rise in the Vatican wanting to train priests on doing exorcism. That one of the head cardinals. Um, had released a statement years ago that he believes because of this rise in exorcism and things like that, that, uh, uh, you know, Satan, uh, is, is presence is heavily in the Vatican. And that got me thinking like, well, you know, if the Vatican's hiding all this other shit, 
that maybe that uh, y- you know because uh, there was a, a priest that went on one of those shows that said that you know he exercised legion from somebody. Like wonder no if, shit, wonder yeah. if they were doing like an exorcism on some poor you know uh, Roman Catholic person over in Rome, and next thing you know they had to like you know cast Satan into like a bottle or a stone or something and hidden in the Vatican archives is, you know, actually Satan. Like, yeah, the church ain't fucking lying, dude. They got Satan in there. Right. What if now again, not poking fun at Catholicism or religion, what if you found out the Vatican essentially was the company that Hellboy worked for? Oh shit. Like it's like <laughs> Hellboy, um, uh, Van Helsing, that movie with Hugh Jackman, like, what if they were like the MIB? Oh, man. <laughs> we're making fun of it and talking about it. Meanwhile, like, they've got fucking Bael and Belial all fucking chained in Amy. Yeah. <laughs> They're all chained up down there. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. And what's crazy, dude? Fucking Legion, that shit's fucked up. Yeah. Legion is a scary-ass demon. Le- now, is that just... Legion is a, is one demon, and in some cases, it's a group of demons. Correct? Like, yeah. So uh, one of the stories, uh, the one of the original stories in the Bible is, you know, Jesus was on his way, uh, you know, back to the temple or whatever, and there was a, a bum on the side of the road, Gadara. Yeah. And he was, uh, uh, you know, he was possessed, and so the disciples were like, well, "What the fuck are we gonna do with this guy?" And Jesus is like, "I got this. I got I this. I got this, bro. Step back." And uh, so it's he, my first rodeo. Yeah, it's not my first rodeo. So he pulled out his Jesus stick and tapped him on the head. And uh, he's like, you know, I command you. Who are you? And he's like, we are Legion. And so then, you know, Jesus casted him out. And then basically there was like a bunch of wailing pigs. And like a hundred pigs dove off the cliff and died. And Jesus like, got the motherfucker. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) It says he finds the man that's possessed by a multitude of demons who give the collective name of Legion. Fearing he will drive them out of into the world, into the abyss, they beg him, instead of casting us into the abyss, why don't you just let us possess that herd of pigs? In which he does. Then the pigs rush into the lake and are then drowned. Yeah. See? Or did they? Holy shit, Preston. What if they're like, oh, let's put us in those pigs. And they're like, oh, gotcha, good fucker. And yeah. they just all jump in the ocean and then just fucking swim away. Just because the pigs died doesn't mean that the demon got out of there. Like, the demons could have brought the pigs back to life and there's zombies <laughs> pigs running around, you know, fucking <coughs> Jerusalem and oh, shit God. like that. I think we need to make a movie. The demons get in the pigs. The pigs jump in the lake and they drown and the demons possess the fish. Oh, yeah. and then the fish are eaten by a fisherman and ooh boy. Let's oh, put yeah. a pin in that. Don't let's not go any further. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> Demon bacon. <laughs> Demon bacon. Sounds like the third Bacon brother. Yeah. Kevin Bacon's lesser brother they don't talk about. Because he's a lesser demon, get <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh. You can't write that stuff. What's the what's the <gasps> most essential oil out there? Demon bacon grease. Demon bacon grease <laughs> for external use only. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about the Lesser Key of Solomon, which is a very specific uh, grimoire. Because when you started talking about grimoire, I did a little bit of uh, a deep diving, and a, a grimoire is just a demon summoning book, meaning there are several. Correct? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, okay. there's like, a, I don't know, there's like 150 known demons or whatever. So technically there's a book for every single yeah. one of those. So there's a book for Amy out there if uh, <laughs> you, in fact, want to uh, conjure up Amy. Man, she's just an office worker. <laughs> 1970s, cat eye glasses, yeah. pencil skirt. It's, it's Basically, it's Janine from the Ghostbusters. Yeah. 
What do you want? What do you want? Welcome to the seventh sector of hell. What do you want? Sorry, mm. Satan's busy. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so here, yeah, the lesser key of Solomon, also known as the Clavicala Solomonis Rigus, or Lemeginaton. Lemegeton? And all of a sudden now I'm from Louisiana. I'm a Cajun priest. Um, is an anonymous <laughs> grimoire or spell book on demonology. The Lesser Key of Solomon is a group of five books. The Ars Gosia, the Ars Therugia, Gosia, the Ars Paulina, the Ars Almadel, and the Ars Notoria. So the th- fifth book is about Biggie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a demon in here who looks like he's a Lion's head and then five legs that are put together like a windmill. Oh, man. Yeah. Bauer, the tenth spirit who teaches moral and natural philosophy. Oh, I'm not going to say he sounds like a bad guy. Yeah. Sounds like a guy. You know what? He's like, fuck me. I, I got a head and five legs. I look like the fucking devil's windmill. <laughs> I'm not a bad guy. I just want to teach people about philosophy. So About the devil. Solomon's an interesting character because, uh, you know, in the Bible and then in the Quran, um, there's a lot more detailed stories about him in the Quran. But basically, you know, God said, listen, dude, I need you to build this temple. It needs to be like fucking. Yeah, it needs to be fucking huge. Right. Like I'm the king. I'm God. Big G. Like build it up, son. And Solomon's like, dude, I'm just one man. Like, how the fuck do you expect me to do this? Yeah. And uh, so Solomon started building the temple, and then all these demons are like, dude, fuck this guy. So uh, Solomon uh, says, God, buddy, I need some help here because you're fucking unwanted children here screwing shit up. And uh, so God gave old uh, King Saul there uh, some demon binding rings, or as the Quran says, gin binding rings. Oh, yeah. The and uh, that allowed him to control these demons. And so he's like, guess what? Yeah, my bitches now start building this fucking <laughs> temple. And so overnight, this gargantuan <laughs> temple arose. And then he's like, well, what the fuck am I going to do with these fucking demons now? So he's like, I'm banishing you to these bottles. And he cast them out into sea. So that is why there is that lore that if you ever see a bottle, like especially if you're over in like Iraq and Iran, uh-huh. if you're on the coast and you see a bottle, do not fucking open it because out's going to pop a, a demon gin thing. Really? So, and that's how we got the demons in the bottle or gin in the bottle. So Let me make a shitty joke that's actually a very serious question. Yeah. If a priest can make a vial of holy water and a priest can – this is not like a, a shitty joke actually. It's starting to be funny, but I'm serious now. If a priest can bless a bottle of holy water or a um, pin sieve full of holy water, a bird bath, whatever, uh-huh. a bathtub for all these uh, – a river for baptisms – Maybe Jesus did kill Legion because yeah, what maybe. if what if Jesus is like, hang on one second, um, and he's like, uh, blah 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 blah, blessed, and he blessed the fucking lake, yeah, and then the pigs jumped in and they all died. Same thing as the gin; they were cast out into the you know, the ocean. Maybe they yeah. just, can you bless a whole ocean? Yeah, you probably could. Shit, why you not? Think so? Yeah, it's gonna take a while, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> Let's not even try to explain it. <laughs> Should we well, can still okay. make a good Hollywood B movie out of this? So. <laughs> right. Which way do you want to go, Boo? Which direction? I mean, I, I definitely want the demon pigs. Yeah. That sounds like a good place to start. <laughs> oh, devilish swine. 
Okay, so, okay, the the grimoire. That's the first thing that is supposedly hidden in mm-hmm. the Vatican, and that's probably a good place to put a pin in it, right? Because we're already yeah. an hour and a half in, and uh, I definitely so want to... So we got to... the devil and the rock, and we got the grimoire. Yeah. What else are there motherfuckers hiding? Ah, oh, shit, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, well, that's a good place to put a pin in. Um, we want to get to the other dirty secrets and whatnot, but uh, we're going to leave that as a... T- uh, fuck tongue twister a to be continued cliffhanger and um yeah we'll finish the beast off with a listener story steven dropped off for us here because he had to cut out early but he definitely wanted us to be able to share this with everybody and and it's fitting i think because we we talked back on episode 60 right we had the listener story about um the woman and her two friends that went to zach Bagans's haunted museum in vegas and uh, mm-hmm. we asked for it, and she delivered it. Um, Stephen got the follow-up. What happened afterwards, because she mentioned she came home and she was still feeling like maybe there was an entity or, or something there with her, right? Right. You, all right, let's do it. Let me. Just, <laughs> in my notes, I have a note here that says, Stephen, punch it. And then he's supposed to jump in and uh, <laughs> tell the story. <laughs> all right. So <clears throat> she says... I just finished listening to episode 60. Hang on. Cue the scary music. I just finished listening to episode 60, and I decided to give you guys some relief. Sorry you're not there, Rob. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, oh. As I stated in my last telling, things haven't been normal since my encounter with the Dybbuk box. What does that mean exactly? Well, here's a list of things that I have experienced since then. Oh, and also... A little more info on the current state of the Dybbuk box. In Zach's museum, the box is enclosed in a glass case. On the inside of the glass case, at the edges, is surrounded by salt and dried sage. Somehow, the salt is slowly being blown away from the edge of the case, and the sage has started molding. There's no air getting into the glass case, causing the salt to blow around, and if sage is kept dry, it shouldn't go bad. Weird. Anyway, back to the experiences. Number one. The same day, on April 25th, 2018, my friends and I returned to our hotel room after grabbing dinner. I still had my 32-ounce thick plastic cup so I could reuse it. Before bed that night, I placed the cup on the desk and it stayed there all night. Now in our room, the AC vent was on the ceiling and it had been blowing on high all night. The following morning, I was laying in bed, and one friend was doing her makeup, and the other had barely woken up. My friend putting on the makeup and I were talking, and then all of a sudden the cup was knocked off the desk and landed about a foot in front of it. We looked at each other, and she asked, what the hell was that? I got up, I picked up the cup, and I set it down where it had been originally. When I did that, I felt for any air movement. The AC was on but there wasn't enough force of air to knock it off like that. Number two. About two days after coming home, I was telling my mom about the Dybbuk box, and instead of trying to explain to her what it looks like, I just Googled it. As soon as I was looking at the picture and telling her about my experience, I got lightheaded, and I had a heaviness on my chest. It didn't last long, but it was long enough to remind me the Dybbuk box is no joke. Number three, I'm not sure how soon after we got back home that this started, but I would say within a week, I was laying in bed in the dark about to go to sleep. Suddenly, I felt a presence enter the room. 
The energy didn't change, it just shifted. I could have sworn someone was in the room with me, but nobody was there. This continued day and night for several days. I finally got fed up because I was losing sleep over it and went to the local New Age holistic shop where I bought several protection stones to keep in my bedroom. These actually seem to work. Once in a while, I can feel the presence try to enter the room, but it goes away fairly quick. But about two weeks ago, I was sitting in the garage, messing around on my phone. I felt the presence enter the garage. Something thumped my car. Then I felt a rush of energy on my right side, and my ear felt like it then had to pop. I haven't felt the presence like that since. Experience number four. The duplex I live in is a fairly new build. I'd say in the last ten years or so it was built. I've lived here just over a year now, and I know the sounds of a house when it settles. I can tell when someone is walking around upstairs, and when somebody drops something. When the AC or the heater kicks on, or when the house is just settling. I've heard footsteps upstairs when no one is here but me. Or me and my son, but he's asleep napping. I've heard thumps on the walls. I've heard things fall. None of which can be explained. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, it's a duplex, so it could just be your neighbors. Negative. My neighbors moved out two days after I got back from Vegas, and we haven't gotten new ones yet. So those are just a few experiences I've had since visiting the museum. I hope to get my friends to write in soon so you can hear all the tellings of their experiences. They are equally as good. Now she notes here, In the middle of typing this, I heard footsteps upstairs and a thump on the wall behind me. I told Stephen about it right after it happened. A few minutes later, my energy was completely drained and I had to stop typing and go lay down for a while. Yes, I believe something attached itself to me or the shirt I bought from the museum, but so far... Nothing malicious has occurred. Ooh, what do you think? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right? That's good. Yeah, That's awesome. So, so, you know, I, I was first going to say, like, you know, just because she was talking about it, if, uh, like, it was like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm going to get you. I'm like, we already would have been screwed. But then I got to thinking, well, as the story progressed, and uh, she's saying, like, you know, maybe something attached itself, and that could be why, as she was starting to type that story or whatever it was, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. she got all those feelings of dread and whatnot. So. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that um, we got the story. Uh, we sat on it for a couple episodes because we really just didn't have time. We forgot one episode, <laughs> and then we were supposed to read it last episode. That didn't happen. But yep. it's great because we were able to read it with this episode, talking about demons and whatnot, because the Dybbuk is a demon, correct? It is, yeah. And it a, is a demon who attaches itself to things and people. And it, it, it's not and it's not a fallen angel demon. Mm-hmm. It is it is basically what they call like a uh, like clingy ghost. Yeah. And it, it so it's somebody, let's say, like you died of a drug overdose and uh, you're going to become a Dybbuk because you can't pass on to the afterlife oh. until you correct your way. So you have to possess and cling to somebody else who is also an addict so that you can fix their path. And then that kind of that karma, um, you know, cancels each other out. And then they're like, well, fuck it. I mean, you're a bad person and you're a drug addict, but since you helped Dave out, uh, 
you know, here you go. Here's a free pass. Get out of his body and go on the other side. <laughs> um, so right. it, they're really Dybbuk's are clingy ghost, and uh, you know Hollywood and other you know artists and whatnot uh, have kind of took liberties with that that term, but that's originally what it was. Oh, very nice. Oh yeah, man. Well, I say we uh, we we stop it right there. Yeah, um, yeah. And we'll pick it up next time with uh, the secrets of the Vatican, man. What kind of yeah. shit uh, is supposedly <laughs> hidden down there yeah. in their secret MIB base? That's right. Hells yeah. Well, man, what do you want to plug? Well, as always, if you have a beard, want a beard, grow a beard, need a beard, you know, <laughs> shine that shit up with BigTopsBeardBomb.com and use code PIXELPARA, parapixel. <laughs> Save me God. here. Come on, man. <laughs> the promo code is P-X-L-P-A-R-A. You're right. It is Pixel Para, but it Bam. is P-X-L-P-A-R-A. You're getting close. I'm getting better. And uh, check out uh, Big Steve's other podcast, O-N-D-E-D, O-H-H-H-N-D, where him and Brady discuss pop culture, video games, and whatnot. And for all you NASCAR race car, drag car fans, listen to the podcast that Sean will never listen to. But I love uh, it so Sports much. Car Unleashed by our, our buddy Rich. There you go. Check out Pixelated Sausage by our man Mark. It's his solo cast where he talks about all sorts of good stuff that tingles his undercarriage and gives him great joy. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get lucky one day and Pixelated Radio will come back. I liked those guys when they were all together doing their yeah. thing. So uh, maybe we can get uh, the voice of a Polish angel on here and just have him <laughs> yeah. do an episode with us. Yeah, I need to hit up old Mark and see if I can get him on here, man. That'd be a lot of fun. So, well, as you heard earlier, Steve had to jump off early. He sends his condolences. He says, thank you so much. He appreciates all of you, as do we, all of us very much. Thank you for listening and supporting. Oh, con- and a big shout out to. Uh, Carrie, uh, uh, he is a, a brother at one of my lodges, and he listens to the show, says that it helps him get through his work dates. So I'm glad that we can help uh, you out there, brother. And yeah. uh, he, he told us that uh, maybe we should do an episode about masons and masonry. So if any of you listeners who are listening, if you ever have a show idea, like, guys, you should tackle this topic, uh, you know, leave us a note on our page or Facebook page or anytime you see us going live, uh, comment, let us know what you want to here next, and we'll throw it in the, the you know the uh, the turntable or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Put it up on the bulletin board there. Yeah. And you know, as much as I poke fun and, and harass you about being a Mason, um, I'm I'm very thankful that a lot of your brothers listen, and I'm, I'm glad yeah. they find entertainment with it. And uh, yeah, I'm very thankful uh, for all of our listeners. But yeah, we've got a pretty big reach to the Masons, and that's pretty fantastic. Thank you for putting up with our shenanigans. <laughs> right? <laughs> Man alive. So, hell yeah. Well, uh, up uh, after our normal outro, we're going to come back with the old spoiler town. That's where we're going to come back after the credits, so to speak, and chat about some stuff. But they will always be something very spoilerific about a movie uh, primarily. So if you guys haven't watched Hereditary yet, fair warning, Stop now, finish the episode out, do not come back after the outro because we will spoil the ever-loving shit out of the end of that movie for you. So please, if you have not seen Hereditary, go no further. (laughs) And with that, um, I think we covered most of it there. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you all next time around. Peace. The cast that pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. 
Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Okay, so, spoiler town. You haven't watched Hereditary? Turn it off. If you have watched it, listen. Fair warning, spoilers ahead. Yeah. So, we talked about <laughs> it. You finally saw it, and oh, yeah. you liked it? Oh, man, I loved it. It. Uh, you know, you guys were right. It really was like a slow burn, and um, I don't. I think last episode I had mentioned that, you know, I was in the break room at work, and and uh, so basically this uh, this guy was like, oh, oh, my God, man, that scene where that little girl lost her head and it just went splat. And, and then that shit with the demon at the end. And I'm just like, dude, you fucking what? No. Yeah. Who and, the fuck uh, on sweet earth does that bullshit? Somebody yeah. ruined fucking um, – they didn't ruin it for me. But I'm a dude that likes to see a movie and not have shit ruined. And when Cloverfield first came out, the marketing was brilliant. They didn't tell you what the fuck it was. All you knew was something attacked earth. And I told this fucking dipshit, I'm like, hey, man, um, I'm going to go see it tonight. And he's like, oh, my girlfriend and I saw it last night. And I'm like, great. I can't wait to find out what the creature is. Oh, okay, what it is. No, shut the fuck up. I don't want to know. Okay, what I'm going to say is, no, shut the fuck up. I don't want to know. I think it's going to be an alien or a giant robot. Okay, all I'm going to say is, it's not a robot. And I'm like, don't you fucking say another word. Okay, fucker. it's this giant, like, four fucking story tall alien. And I'm like, you piece of shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> and anyway, go on. I, I derailed your train of thought there. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Because, God damn it, if I want to know about a movie beforehand, I will fucking Wikipedia that shit so that, you know, I'm not like, oh, my God, moments in the middle of the theater. But I wanted, I wanted, because you guys had built it up so much, I wanted to be surprised. And this motherfucker just ruined it. And, yeah. You know, but I, I still enjoyed the movie. And, uh, you know, one one thing that I read later on that uh, you know they did a good job of hiding most of that that stuff. Uh, like when they were releasing the trailers, um, they actually put the little girl at her own funeral in the trailer, so that you thought it was the grandmother's funeral You're that was outside. Right. Holy fuck! Yeah, and then, so they they released fake trailers so that you had no idea what was going on. Damn it! I love that. Yeah, and wow. Uh, but no, it, it, it is a slow burn movie, and mm-hmm. um, so the, the the decapitation scene was pretty intense. And I actually looked away. I'm like, I don't want to see this. And I was actually watching Jeffrey's facial expression, and like her, you know, her hands like went up to her, like her mouth, and she's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And I'm just like, "Oh, yeah." There's the payoff right there, and yeah. like the whole theater was like silent at that point, and um, the uh, 
that scene at the end with the mom becoming possessed and then she's trying to get into the the ceiling and she's just bashing her fucking head like let me in uh-huh. i'm like that that just right there i'm like oh my god that's amazing um and uh the the diorama scenes like you so you watch this movie and they go in and out of scenes they transition through the movie right. In and out of these dioramas that the the mom that's kind of like her her go to spot. She's an artist, and she's you know she's making these art pieces about her pain, about her life, and so you start to wonder like by the end of the movie, did any of this shit really happen, or <laughs> right. is this like just like a fucking like mental you know movie that played out in the mom's head, and we're just watching it through her that she's having this fantasy as she's building these dioramas. I don't know. I I don't. Mm-hmm. 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 <coughs> I I uh, want to say demon, but it could have just been you know mental hallucinations from the crazy mom. So, what I thought was cool about that is exactly what you just said. <laughs> Did it happen? Didn't it happen? Blah blah blah. Um. Yeah. So one answer I don't know. Everybody asked what the light was. What's that shiny light that's flying around in the movie? And I took that as being that was the actual spirit of the demon. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you got from it? I mean, are we, are yeah, we that's what I I got from it. So, and not only the demon, but I also think the grandmother too. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you know, at the when the the kid falls out the window, um, you see the the white blue light thing go into him, and then he pops back up like, oh shit, I fell out a window, mm-hmm, and then he does mm-hmm. that. So that way you know that the, the Charlie is now in him. Yeah. And uh, but uh, there are some scenes where I'm like, oh, maybe that 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 light wasn't her, but the grandmother. But yeah. you know that it's basically a spirit. You just don't know whose spirit it is. You want to know who it is? Yeah. It's payment. What? So I, I I've been looking into it and reading about it and everything else. And maybe I'm late. Maybe you and I are late to the party. But you remember you the story as the mom's going through like the fucking books and the and the scrapbooks, and she finds out basically that they're trying to find a suitable male host for the demon Paymon or Payment, right? Which the brother, the mom's brother, uh, you know, he committed suicide to get out of it because he's like, uh-huh. you know, my mom's trying to put demons in me, and I just don't like it. Yeah. So her brother committed suicide, and that was the male host for Payment. And then they had the next son, you know, the mom's son. Uh, what was his name? Fucking Peter. Mm-hmm. Peter? Yeah, yeah, Peter. Yeah. And uh, he is born. But whatever happens and, like, the mom talks about how she hated him and everything else. And he's kind of like the black sheep and the outcast. So I take mm-hmm. it as he was, like, a failed attempt at a suitable host. Mm-hmm. Then they have Charlie. And for whatever reason, Grandma really takes to Charlie. And you see that diorama of, like, the grandma feeding Charlie, uh, breastfeeding Charlie. And all that creepy shit and how, like, the mom resents her grand- the grandmother for, you know, basically raising Charlie and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Well, so Charlie was then the host. She was inhabited by the spirit of Payman. But Payman couldn't take to her because she was not a man. She was not a male. So right. she was just the host. And then after she dies, because she sees the light before she cuts the head off of that pigeon or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But she sees the light later and maybe that's when she gets possessed by it or whatever. I don't remember when she started clicking her tongue. But um, that's kind of like, a, you know, the visual device they're using. But then whenever Peter, he sees the old lady across the street while he's in class and he, he starts to see that light and shit like that in the in the schoolroom, you know. And then you have that token scene where like his hand goes up in the air and fucking starts twisting around. And he's beating his face on the fucking desk and all that kind of shit. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, he he ends up going home, and there's the whole thing about. I don't. I don't think that was Payman possessing him fully, because the mom ends up getting possessed by the spirit as well after she right. finally convinces the husband to throw the book in the fire or whatever, and he catches on fire. Then you have that one little scene where you see her face, and she's possessed by that spirit for just a minute. And I'm pretty sure my interpretation is that it inherit it inhabited his mom for a minute and that's that fucking wicked ass Tom and Jerry chase through the house <laughs> they go up in the attic and she fucking oh god she's fucking beating her head on the fucking door and then she's up in the rafters sawing her fucking head off so you you've seen uh, you've seen the director cut of the exorcist yeah, where yeah, she it. comes down the the spider that spider scene that was so intense that they had to cut it from the uh-huh, original movie uh-huh. i think that fucking scene where that mom is bashing her head into the fucking ceiling like that. That's more intense than that spider scene. That, that is our modern day spider scene because yeah. that spider scene in its time, that's exactly why I got cut out because it was freaky as fuck. And now we're so desensitized. We're like, well, it's not that scary. It's a good movie. It might be considered yeah. to be a film even, but uh, it's not scary. <laughs> and here you have fucking mom up in the rafters cutting her head off with a fucking piano wire. Whoo, doggies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then, of course, you know, um, he jumps out the window to escape. And then you hear the little, like, fucking basketball dropping in the fucking floor, and she cuts her head off. And he wakes up, and he goes up in there into the fucking treehouse and blah, 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 blah. And then um, after the ceremony or whatever, you know, the grandmother starts address or the, the lady, sorry, Joanne, she starts addressing Charlie as both Charlie and Payman, or Paymon, mm-hmm. whatever she calls him. Okay, where am I going with this shit? Everybody asks, Sean, what are you doing? You're really making it a lot, a lot really boring. The fucking... Key of Solomon, the grimoire. Okay, sorry, the lesser key of Solomon. We go through mm-hmm. the demons. I'm not going to list them all. I'm going to go through uh, maybe one through, maybe one through thirteen. You don't have to go to Amy. We don't. I, care won't, about that. I won't go to number fifty-eight. Who's Amy? <laughs> okay, okay. Stay with me. Demon number one in the lesser key of Solomon, King Bael. Number two, mm-hmm. Duke Agaris. Three, Prince Vasago. Four. Marquise Saminganina. Number five. French. Yeah. Number five, President Marbus. <laughs> Number six, Duke Valafor. Number seven, Marquis Amon. Number eight, Duke Barbatos. Who do you think demon number nine is, Preston? Uh, Payman? Fucking King Payman. Boom, it all comes back together. <laughs> because I started thinking like, okay, what was the name of the demon? Paymon, Payman? And I'm like, ah, what the fuck is Payman? Who's Payman? So I did some research after you told me about the first thing in the, the Vatican we were going to talk about was the grimoire a little bit. And I'm like, oh my God, it's just so fucking intertangled. Yeah. And then, you know, the the fact that in the movie they had to have that sacrifice for yeah. the uh, for the demon to come forth and then in the Graham grimoire, I mean, that's the same thing. Like you you know, you have to basically sacrifice yourself uh, to bring yeah. this demon into the world. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um Payman his appearance himself is a man riding a camel, um, a bunch of men preceding him playing loud music. He has lots of followers. Um, he has a crown, and that's why that weird, like, mannequin body with uh, Charlie's decapitated head had the fucking creepy ass crown on it. Um, oh, it's just, it's fucking weird. And he's got some it's secret a, it, powers here. 
And so, so back to that, uh-huh. uh, if you so if you notice the actor, the, the, the actress that played Charlie, um, she actually looks in real life. She actually has a normal face. She looks like a normal 13. Yeah, she's got a very girl. distinct look to her, but nothing. I mean, just she's got just right. some distinct. But features. in the movie, they never address like why, she, you know, she's has like twisted features. Uh-huh. But Payman was also considered like a jokester or a trickster of the demon world. And in some of his uh, some of his drawings, like etched drawings from like uh, Germany in the fifteen and sixteen hundreds, he had twisted features, and so they played that into the movie. That way, it would kind of show you that that's who Charlie was, because that's why she had twisted features as a human, because she was, you know, payment in the flesh. Huh. interesting. Um, he and this is neat too. He was a teacher. Of the arts. Oh. He was a teacher of all things, including the arts and secret things. Mm-hmm. And then as you look down at his other secret powers, he also had the ability to re <coughs> he also had the ability to reanimate the dead for several years. And maybe that was her fascination of cutting the bird's head off and just all that weird shit, man. Uh oh, fucking creepy. Yeah, that she just didn't cut him off. She made him into weird little like <sighs> fucking toys, like Sid off a toy store. Or, yeah, no kidding. But that was art. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Like that whole movie yeah. is based on around art and the mom being an artiste and the little girl picking up what we all thought was just a weird fucking hobby. But instead, that was the art that she herself was making. Oh man, when the dad walked into her studio and he's like, "What are you doing?" and he realizes that she just made recreated the death scene of the diorama, yeah, like a little decapitated, uh, decapitated head. He's like, "God damn it!" Yeah, but it's, I mean, <laughs> in, in her in her argument, it's fucking two hours. I'm tongue tied now. Um, <laughs> in her defense, that's how she grieves. Maybe, yeah, you know, everybody grieves a little bit differently. Sometimes you just make dioramas. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I thought that was cool, man. Um, this whole time we were to talk about the grimoire, and then uh, little did you know, it all comes back together and uh, yeah. goes right back to Hereditary. Boom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So yeah, kind of a shorter uh, spoiler town this time around. But um, yeah, I'm going to call it, man. We're recording now for two hours and three minutes. I wonder how long this puppy's going to be after edit. Uh, it'd probably still be a solid like an hour and 50 minutes, I think. Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be at least... I don't know. I'm going to call them. Say solid two hours, man. You think so? I think so. Who knows? This is the stuff yeah, we talked about too after much the recording. I mean, when I was telling my news story, I was like, bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> yeah, I got to cut, yeah. cut cut that out. That's at least Oh, yeah. I tried to cut out some of right the stumbles there. there so yeah. sweet, man. All right. Well, dude, let's call it, man. Go ahead and stop recording. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you again next time around for episode 64.